0: Welcome back to one of the last parts of my interview series with Matthew French of Awesomely Authentic. Again, just a reminder, we recorded this online, so the audio quality is a little bit different, but hopefully you still enjoy this. I'll probably put up the second part of this same section we're talking about next week, just because we really talked about a whole lot and I wanted to make sure that we weren't going over our sort of 10 minute limit. So this is going to be broken into two parts where we talk about flamboyance and what that means to us. Dear Queer Diary, Flamboyance—that uh, is something that we associate so strongly with the gay community, specifically. You know, not not the other letters, just just G. Uh, and I feel like there are a, there are, of course, multitudes of ways to express uh, your queerness, to express you know who you are, to be authentic. Uh, and for a long time, there was just only only the ones who couldn't hide, only the flamboyant <laughs> ones. Ooh, it was very apparent and so that became sort of the stereotype and especially you know I am an AFAB person uh, You know I have a, a large chest so people can uh, I'm continually uh, FA so when I act flamboyant people associate it with femininity because you know that's that's sort of what we're taught to perceive it as but In actuality, flamboyance can exist, you know, sort of around that, in the universe around that, uh, as just sort of somewhere in that quadrant. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, it's taken me a long time to be a lot more out and act the way that I know I want to act because it used to be it was only (laughs) you could tell when I was getting drunk. Because I would get increasingly flamboyant (laughs) because I would like my filter, my code switch would slowly die. (laughs) And then, you know, uh, the gay anger comes out and I just, you know, no. (laughs) And I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not the fact that sometimes uh, even now when I get, uh, you know, a little bit intoxicated, that I'll definitely be a lot more like, uh, uh we shouldn't do this. No. (laughs) But, uh, I wanna hear a little bit too about, you know, what are, what are your perceptions as, uh, a, an AMAB, uh, and, uh, an AM, uh, you know, uh, about flamboyance and how people see it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, from my perspective, I've actually used my flamboyancy in my career. Um, I can always read people's energies really well if what I'm serving is something that they're into. Right. So. <laughs> Traditionally, it'll usually be like really pretty heterosexual girls, cisgender Mm. girls who love a gay friend. They're like, oh, my God, I always wanted a gay best friend. For anyone listening, that is the worst thing you can always ever say, because I'm like right now I'm like a purse. Um, So if you say that to me, I immediately probably don't want to be your friend. But if I have to work with you or you're a recruiter that I need to work with or we're going to collaborate on something, then... I'll play it up for you. I will be more flamboyant. I will play into that stereotype because I'm a businessman in the end and she got to get her shit done. So mm-hmm. I'll do what I got to do. Now, I find flamboyancy to be useful in that way. Um, but for me, flamboyancy is a way of connecting with other you know, self-identified, like mostly gay, cis men, men where we're we can be flamboyant with each other and we're not policing our body language how we did so much when we were younger right because you're constantly mm-hmm. policing your body of like is my hand moved in the wrong way do I cross have, I, I need to uncross my legs like all those things that might see be seen as feminine now is when you're out we can be like fully out and we're like girl and like flamboyant and like bringing it down and all this stuff and I love that type of thing um Of it just being like a camaraderie almost of sorts, and somewhere where I feel like the flamboyancy is just completely amazing to see on on display is whenever, if you ever have a chance, you should totally check out a gay rodeo. So, oh my god, it's oh, pipes, pipes, a gay rodeo.
0: Uh, I have to go adjust my bucket list real quick.
1: So you Go have on, a gay rodeo where they have the same, they have, uh, you know, uh, bull riding, they have a barrel racing, they have all the different types of things. I grew up in the rodeo, so I can remember some of the stuff they did, but <laughs> it's all LGBTQ plus inclusive. Um... And whenever I say that, it means like, okay, LGBTQ plus people tend to be the majority there. But there's also straight allies who ride in these rodeos. Um, And it's just awesome to see. So instead of the regular rodeo clown, it's rodeo drag queens um, who are the ones there protecting the bull riders. Um, It's um, things like instead of... uh, of of hog tying a uh, goat, they actually have to put panties on a goat, right? So it's it's this this hyper masculine idea of Americana being feminized through the the display of like flamboyancy and. It's the best thing ever. If you want to just get a general vibe for it, watch the documentary. I think it's called Cowboys and Queens. um, And it's on iTunes, I believe. But it will open your mind to just like another world that you didn't even know existed. And if you can hear this podcast, go support them. Um, They need the attendance to make sure they can keep those shows going.
0: Oh, my God, yes. I want to go to one of those so bad. Great. Uh, I didn't know they existed before, and now uh, it's my only dream, <laughs> really.
1: <laughs> Your dream shall um, come but, true. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. Um, one of the things that you said especially sort of stood out to me because you mentioned, uh, you know, the, that sort of aha moment of like, you know, you have to police yourself so hard uh, against these actions. And, you know, that's that's actually also very true of myself uh, in a way that I hadn't really thought about. Because for me, especially as a kid, I didn't understand why people didn't see me as masculine. Because I knew I was masculine. You know, I knew I had this part of me. And when people just sort of, you know, slap the ball out of my hand, deny it, uh, then I was so confused, so I hyper masculinized everything that I did. You know, everything, you know, I was you know, always asking people to wrestle, which of course they never did because I was a quote unquote, girl, uh, except for one of my best allies of all time. Uh, his name's Ryan. He would wrestle me, uh, and his girlfriend would just watch being like, you you two are so male. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was one of my best friends. And like, you know, now that I am getting to a point in life where I understand my identity a lot more, it's a lot easier for me to be like, okay, well, yes, yeah, so I can do these actions and it doesn't, it doesn't change my identity. In fact, it's just part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's something that I, I wear. It's yep. something that uh helps me to express myself. Uh and I do I do love the the code switch, especially when I'm around other flamboyant people and I can be like, oh finally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's is, true.
0: Do you have anything that you want to plug?
1: Totally. So definitely make sure to check out Awesomely Authentic A-W-E-S-O-M-E-L-Y. A-U-T-H-E-N-T-I-C.com. Definitely, I would say follow Awesomely Authentic on LinkedIn. And I'm also happy to connect with anyone on LinkedIn. You can find me under Matthew French and search Awesomely Authentic.